Today, I want to talk about people who please God in the scriptures. And I'm going to start reading a passage about a man that we don't know a lot about, but his name was Enoch. And we read about him one place in Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So this man that we're talking about, this is in the faith chapter in Hebrews. I want to go back now to the very first time that we find Enoch in the Old Testament. So the first time we read about Enoch is in Genesis chapter 5. And let's see, let's start in verse 18. Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. And after he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. That's the second place. And then just one more that I saw this morning when I was reading in Jude. And it starts in verse 14. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So I, I don't know why this really struck me today, but I wanted to spend some time talking about Enoch because we know from the verse in Hebrews that he pleased God. And what an amazing testimony that would be. And so how do we please God? We know from other scriptures in the Bible that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So in this chapter in Hebrews in chapter 11, we read about those who had great faith, just like Enoch. And those are ones that we look to as being fathers of the faith. We look to them as examples. If we keep going in Hebrews chapter 11, let's start with verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail to tell for me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, and women received their dead raised to life again. So these are all the things that 
we're told that people of faith in the Old Testament did. These are acts that were done by men and women of faith. And those are the men and women that please God. And so for us today, how do we apply this practically in our lives? We know that we want to be those who please God. If you're listening to these podcasts, then you are seeking God. You are wanting to know more about who he is and what we are called to do and and to be as followers of Jesus Christ. So how do we please God? We please God through our faith. And what is faith? Let's go now and talk about and read about what the word says about faith and what it is. How do we define faith? How do we define faith that we read about in Hebrews 11? We just read the things that these people accomplished through faith in their God. And we have better promises than the Old Testament saints, right? Because we receive Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. So we have received all the promises through the gift that Christ gave us of his Holy Spirit, the redemption of our sins, but also the victory that we are able to walk out now through the power of his Holy Spirit that now dwells in us. So that's something that these Old Testament saints didn't have access to. They looked toward the future of a coming Messiah who would deliver them from sins, but they had no idea about what we were going to receive. And I think even in these times, people don't really understand what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Most people, if you ask them, they know they can, they can spout off, yes, I know Jesus died for my sins and now I have eternal life. But that's only part of what we have in Jesus Christ. The real, the real promise that he gave us is his Holy Spirit. We have that now indwelling in us. He told his disciples that he said, you're going to do greater things than I'm doing because I'm going to the Father and I'm sending back my Holy Spirit. So let's go now to that verse. We're going to go to John chapter 14, starting with verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's a powerful promise for those of us that love him and are called according to his ways. We are called according to his purposes and plans for us. He's given us his Holy Spirit, and he promises that anything we ask in his name, he will do for us. And those promises are filled by us standing in faith. So we receive when we believe what his word says. And if he said, I, he says, if you ask whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. So this is a powerful promise, and we receive this promise when we are able to stand on his word in faith, no matter what comes against us, no matter what we see happening in the natural, we know that his word is true. 
We know that we have what we have asked him because he is faithful. We've read that he is faithful. Let me find that. I just saw that scripture this morning. Oh, yes, here it is. So Hebrews chapter 10, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised us is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is, in, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more, as you see the day approaching. He's talking about Christ's return. So I think this is something that is very powerful, and we've been missing this in the church for 2,000 years. We, we read scriptures like I just read in John, and we kind of gloss over them because we have prayed so many times and then not seeing things happen. And so we've become discouraged and we've made excuses for those things that didn't happen. But the truth is that his word is true. And it also says in scripture that his word will not return void. So at some point, we have to make that decision that what he promised us is true. And if we're not experiencing the evidence of his word in our lives, we have to examine ourselves. We have to examine our lives and we have to look inside and, and ask him, Lord, what am I missing? What is it that you are showing me that I'm not grabbing hold of? Where in my life am I experiencing unbelief and doubt? Because earlier Jesus told his disciples when they came to him and they had tried to cast out the boy who was demon possessed and they weren't able to do it. And they came to Jesus and they said, why couldn't we cast this out? And he told them it was because of unbelief. So we have to look at ourselves and say, Lord, where am I in unbelief? And that's a powerful word right there, because we've got to look at ourselves and not make up excuses for why we aren't experiencing these promises when we can clearly read in the scripture that he who promised is faithful. So we have to look at ourselves. And this isn't about putting condemnation on ourselves or anything else. This is about us as true believers and followers of Christ wrestling with God, just like Jacob did in the Old Testament, where he wrestled with God. He wants us to come to him and ask. He wants us to come and say, Lord, what am I missing? What's happening here? Your word says this, and yet I'm not seeing this. Because we know we can go boldly into that throne room. We can go boldly before his throne. Let me read that scripture now. So also in Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So this is our answer. When we aren't experiencing answers to our prayers, when we are not seeing things lining up in our lives, according to the word of God, which we know is the truth, then we go boldly before him to his throne room, to his throne of grace, to obtain mercy and find help and find grace to help in time of need. So there's our answer. We don't just walk away from the situation and say, oh, well, I guess it wasn't God's will or make up some other excuse. That's not what we're called to do as believers. We're called to go to him. 
when we are not experiencing answers to our prayers, he wants us to come to him. He wants us to diligently seek him. And he says, we'll find him when we do that. We can come boldly before him and sit with him and even wrestle with him and ask him to give us eyes of understanding. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, Lord. Show me those areas in my life where I am still in unbelief. Show me where I am deceived. Show me where I am not seeing things in the way, in your perspective, in the way that lines up with your word. Show me this. And he is faithful. He will. He will reveal himself to you when you seek him in diligence. So I hope that's encouraged you today. I have a lot more that we could say on this topic, but for now, I'll include these scriptures in the notes for the podcast so that you can study these out for yourself. And we will continue to talk about these things in the, in the weeks to come, because this is something that's really important. We need to really understand what's going on when we are not experiencing answers to our prayer, when we read verses that we just read in John 14 and wanting to understand, okay, why are we not seeing these greater works? What's going on, Lord? Because we know your word is true. So give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we might walk in the full, the fullness of who you are and who and how you desire us to walk in this world because we have your indwelling spirit in us along with your authority and your dominion and your power that we are victorious in every situation because of what you did for us. Amen.